Welcome to the Top Gear Magazine podcast, a peek behind the curtain of what it's really like to drive other people's cars for a living. These are the stories behind the stories. Hello everyone, I'm Jack Ricks, Top Gear Magazine's editor, joined by Ollie Marriage, Ollie Q and Rowan Horncastle. We're at full strength today in the uh, podcast studio to talk about something a bit special actually. So this is the podcast where we pull out the big story from the new issue of the magazine, the one that deserves an entire podcast all to its own. And I think you'll agree this one is quite a hefty subject, seeing as it is... Drum roll, please. Top Gear Magazine's 30th anniversary. It's our birthday. It's We're not going to sing, though. We're not going to sing and blow out candles. Yeah, if you're, if, you're, if you're watching this in the video, you'll see that we've got uh, streamers, balloons everywhere. We've got... <laughs> Car cake. Yeah, yeah cake. <laughs> Car cake. Um, so, for the magazine, we obviously... We wanted to celebrate this milestone in style... Um, and it's been a really interesting process actually coming up with an idea befitting of such a, such a big milestone in our history. Um, and so it all began by sitting down and thinking, well, perhaps we should pay tribute to the first ever issue of Top Gear magazine. So unless you are an uber Top Gear magazine nerd, you won't be aware what was on the cover. But who wants to tell everyone what was on the cover? Of well, the I can post? because I bought it. I was just going to say, he's been a fan from day one. <laughs> <laughs> Fanboy. And I bought it because it, what was on the cover was remarkable, really. They got, they got, we got, I guess, <laughs> um, every single car that was on sale in the UK. We got them in one place at one time and parked them on the banking at the old Brooklyn's racetrack. It was astonishing. It was like 150 cars together in one place. I'd never seen anything like it. Logistical nightmare, I think that yeah, is defined as. And also the... Um uh, photography at that time was was a bit of a different world. So yeah, imagine getting 150 cars and then just sending the film off to Boots and not knowing <laughs> yeah. if it was going to be... overexposed. Sorry, guys, yeah. going to have to I get have them my back finger in. in front of a lens. Can we get them all back again next week? Because the photo is, is astonishing. This huge group of cars arranged beautifully and tailing off into the distance around the corner on the Brooklyn's banking. But the truth is, from about... Fifth or sixth row back, they're just sort of blobs, blobs, <laughs> blobs of yeah, colour. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? We we could now drop them in without them even being there. Yeah, we can just do it. <laughs> of AI. Yeah, who would know? So, yeah. so it was an astonishing uh, way to sort of kick off the life of Top Gear magazine. It was there was them saying, wasn't it, that Top Gear magazine is going to be a car magazine for everyone. It's not just going to be sports cars. It's not just going to be your kind of mm. standard family cars. We're going to have everything. I think the cover line was, "We've got the lot." We've got everything you could possibly want about cars. And what a PR stunt to, um, to do. And what, what a bit of inspiration for us. Well, yeah, so, so we started there and we thought, right, we could do this again, couldn't we? We could get together every <laughs> new car on sale in the UK in one place at Brooklyn's. Why not? Brooklyn's is still there. Um, looks pretty much the same. Identical. Know, identical. <laughs> weeds, a few more weeds. Weeds going through it, yeah. Um, and then we realised that there are a lot more new cars on sale in the UK these days than there were 30 years ago. Uh, we'll probably have to shoot it from space or, or sort of <laughs> go around the back, go yeah, around no, the we'll track. we have to rebuild the track. Because it's on the flight path. You'd basically just put the photographer on 
on a flight to Paris and back, and then he'll shoot it just as he's coming into land, and you'll see Brooklands. But yeah, it would be impossible. Plus, just a, a logistical. I, whoever did it for the first cover, I take my hat off to you. In an age before, I mean, probably very primitive email, if at all. So I imagine a lot of phone calls and of of file patches, yeah. telegrams. Well, um, Ollie, you were from back then. Did you have email? <laughs> <laughs> no, nineteen ninety six. We were just discussing this actually. Email. So, so thirty years ago, I was nine. Mm. Rowan, I was three. Ollie, I was two years old. Two and years. I was nineteen. Nineteen. <laughs> oh, Ollie with hair and Ollie Buffon. Actually, it was quite scary. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what else was going on 30 years ago? Oh, I've got um, a list of famous birthdays. Do you want to know some other things that were born in 1993 besides yes, Top Gear magazine? Mm. Uh, three members of One Direction. Oh. Remember them? Who's the old? Are the other ones older or younger? <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. There's it's Harry, Liam, and Niall. I'm reliably informed. Oh, and Ariana Grande. Mm. Ah. Those are some famous people from 1993. So what, what a, a year. year! What a year! Uh, uh, yeah, and Top Gear was born. So um, basically. Uh, yeah, we had to we had to think sensible. We had to um, you know we couldn't have every new car on sale, but we wanted to celebrate the back catalogue and the full kind of breadth of of cars that we had celebrated over the years. So we had this idea to get thirty cars together, one from each year, essentially all the cars of the year um, from Top Gear. Yeah, because so then we don't have to fight over nominating or what should represent nineteen ninety seven, for example. We just go back and go, what did the mag choose as the finest car? from that year because as any reader will know every year we do a Top Gear Awards issue and we do choose an overall car of the year so that seemed like a great way to curate all the greats of the last three decades yeah and also an opportunity to go back and sort of score our score ourselves a bit because mm. mark our own homework reflect yeah. it yeah yeah we'll go back we'll, we'll we'll go through all the cars in a minute so you can find out what was on the list um but needless to say maybe not all of them stand up it was really <laughs> interesting and seeing what was left off like some brands that yeah. just have never well, got one yeah. but this is yeah. the clever thing is if it's you know if we were just picking the 30 greatest cars from from, from the last 30 years you would obviously have loads of um multiple cars in in single years if you see what i mean but by giving us this full spread um there's actually quite a lot of great stuff that's missed out because it was beaten by something in its in its year yeah um so that's my excuse yeah this wasn't anywhere it wasn't school sports day where everyone's a winner no you know if you're mercedes tough you've never won car for you <laughs> only one french car in 30 years a porsche 911 has never won car of the only year. one porsche's ever won and it's the only porsche without an engine I mean, no, which is hilarious because the internet will just think that you know for the last nine years there will just be nine gt3s at the front yeah. of the, 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 the cover yeah. and that's it but no yeah like we said no no 911 or no porsche with an engine has ever won which is interesting Quite a few hot hatches have got in though haven't they yeah, yeah. we like a hot hatch, like a hot hatch. it's so fascinating when you look at the list and you can sort of see what really you know works for top gear you said yeah. at the start you know our remit has always been we cover everything all mm. the way up to supercars and hypercars when they came along right down to the lowliest of you know affordable city cars mm. Um, and I think that's sort of played out. So that's why when you get to that kind of sweet spot, that 20 grand hot hatch that's really fizzy and fun to drive, I think we all know that it, it's a Top Gear hero car yeah, and it's yeah. sort of staring us in the face. It's but, weird, isn't it? Over 30 years and what 
gets our juices flowing is still the same as it was 30 years ago. <laughs> yeah. It's still small car, big engine, yeah. bit of practicality, a lot of fun. It's, yeah. I, I don't know, but we'll rattle off the, the car list now. The list? It's disparate. Like, yeah. it's, it's so yeah. funny, the bookends well, are hilarious. Well, we probably... Expose our own flaw because you know it, this is Top Gear after all. It was never going to be simple. It was never going to be be straightforward. And we immediately, having come up with, concocted this frankly brilliant, genius idea genius. of oh, we'll just we'll go back in the archive, blow the dust and cobwebs away. Thirty cars, car of the year, bish bash bosh, go and have a cup of tea. <laughs> Not quite. Should I go away? Take it away with the first problem we had. Yep. Yes. Uh, that was because uh, Top Gear magazine kicked off in 1993, but Top Gear magazine didn't actually choose a car of the year until the year 2000. <laughs> just warming up, just just getting off yeah. under the desk. So I thought, ah, not to worry, I'll pop back and check what the telly show, which has obviously been on since 1979, picked um, its car of the year. Uh, no, uh, they picked cars of the year in 1997 and 98, but didn't bother the rest of the time. Excellent yeah. consistency there from the TV <laughs> so, show. Yeah, so then what we decided to do was the best thing to do would be go back and look at the cars, you know, in the mag, which came in for high praise, came in for, you know, we're like, oh, I think this could be a sleeper hit here. And basically go, you know, sort of posthumously, if you like, what should have been car of the year. A lot of responsibility. So, um, yeah, and that responsibility did you, fell did to... Did you make those decisions then, Ollie? Me, yes. Uh, so, the, actually, the first seven Top Gear cars of the year are actually Ollie Q's yes, Ollie, cars Ollie's of the favourite cars, cars of the, of the 90s. Year. <laughs> <laughs> there was, no, there was a bit of WhatsApp kind of to oh, and fro, yeah. wasn't there? But yeah, ultimately... Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah and no, also... No. Bit, of, bit of group discussion, yeah. Yeah, and again, it's just, it's fascinating. I did use a little bit of sort of Top Gear canon. So, for example, the 1994 posthumous retrospective top gear car of the year we gave to the ferrari f355 and you're thinking oh come on you just like pop-up headlights and click clack gearboxes but actually if you go back to 94 and watch a permtastic jeremy clarkson <laughs> absolutely flat out in a 355 in the italian hills he turns to the camera and says straight down the barrel this is the nicest car i've ever driven no i correct you because i researched this go on when i was right he says this is the greatest car in the world, dot dot dot, in the way that Clarkson did. Oh right, ever. Okay, well there you go. But he's that's. It, that, and then I think he went calling that one. car of the year, aren't we? <laughs> and then he went, yeah, he bought exactly. So there's high praise. So we went back and yeah, we went. What was winning the group test? What was what were people saying? Core blimey, this is a real datum point. So should I should I start rattling some off? Yeah, let's just yeah. rattle them off and let we'll we'll sort of. And then I'll tell you a little bit about you if we want to talk yeah, about it. how he gr- grabs that car. So for example, kicking us off in 1993 with the Fiat Coupe. Big up its owner who came down from the Scottish borders because that was the most local Fiat Coupe that was still, <laughs> still operational <running. laughs> that we could get hold of. And you, and you mentioned that it only leaked a little bit. It only, we had to pull yes. it out of the cover shot and then roll it back in when all the other cars are into position. Yeah, when you go by this mag and you think, wow, it's right at the front. Why is it so prominent? That's because we had to get it out in a hurry because as soon as it was parked on a sort of 20 degree tilt, all of the coolant fell out of it. <laughs> so, um, oh, actually, no, I, I tell a lie. I think it might have been, it was the windscreen washer fluid bottle basically oh, it? did a wee. So there you go. We're off to a fantastic start. I've already mentioned 94 was the 355 brought along by Top Gear's very own Jason Barlow. 1995, Ollie can tell us all about why the BMW E39 5 Series was such an all-time great. It was, actually. I remember reading in magazines at the time that everyone said this thing was transformative for the class because it had this amazing straight-six petrol engine, which Mm. was so smooth and torquey and all the the other good facets. And the whole of that car was just... It was such a nice thing to drive. I have driven them since, actually. Didn't drive that one that came down, which looked a bit 
ratty around the edges, but then most 30-year-old cars are going very to. very much to its owner for bringing that car <laughs> <Yeah>. along. <laughs> no, but they, uh, were, they were absolute sweeties to but drive. That's, that's the thing. None of the cars really fluid. that we had down there, with the, well, maybe one or two, but most of them were not kind of Concours Museum no, no, cars. No. They were brought no. down by enthusiastic owners who still daily them. So yeah, exactly. We're Especially actually, not the next one. We're heavily indebted to a lot of people for um, giving uh, up a couple of days. Interestingly, this is... The, this isn't the M5. This is just the... Yeah, just the 5... 528i was the one mm. that was... Yeah, there was a delightful corker. quote that I um, dug out from the mag in 95. One of the... You think Top Gear magazine's always been so punchy and so anarchic. And the yeah. quote from the 5 Series road test was, After driving the excellent new 523 and 528, I'm unable to find reasonable fault with either. <laughs> I was just like, wow, what a zinger <laughs> of a verdict. That's a isn't it? <laughs> Which, quite frankly... Is irritating. Yeah, like, <laughs> that won't work in the clickbait world of now, will it? They're not going to draw anyone in. There. So I've driven this car; it's perfect. Oh, I've got another twelve hundred words to write. <laughs> so there we go. Yeah, yeah. That's, I think we can safely say ninety-five. No arguments. It was the five series ninety-six. It's going to be no arguments. Molly Marriage again. Nope. Lotus Elise. Lotus Elise S one. Kindly brought along by. Uh, bit, bit, of a ra- <laughs> bit of a ratty example around the edges, but you know. Now, hang on, that's had quite a bit of money spent on it. <laughs> I tell you what, it's been a while since I've driven an S1, and having been in and out of that manoeuvre a few days, I see why Ollie keeps himself in such good shape because it's like <laughs> circus contortionist levels of it boarding. It's quite and tricky to get in and out. And we're surrounded by Elise. Well, former Elise owner. Former over here and current over there. The bonded aluminium fans. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love a bit of glue. No, but uh, yeah, the the Elise is looking in far better shape than when I last did a drove it for a photo shoot where I think we just had to leaf blower everything out of the cabin before <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sorry so, uh, it was yeah. it yeah. <laughs> so it's had some love since then yeah it has yeah, yeah. it's had quite a lot of love actually yeah what was funny as well is the verdict about the Elise in 1996 mm. what Top Gear magazine said back then was let's face it the days of lashing about at high speeds on the road are over so like, that's what we say now but, um, 96 seems like a kind of pre-speed camera to utopia fair, to be mm. fair we've been saying the V12 is dead for about a decade haven't we and shut it up just there's keeps... a new Ferrari next year <laughs> yeah and the Lambo the well yeah, yeah it's fine it will die <laughs> it just keeps on going yeah. um, and, and just, just to stay on the Elise so the, the, the weather I wasn't there. I was on holiday, dear dear listener. Um, but uh, were you there? Right? I wasn't there either. You weren't there either. But but um, Ollie and Ollie were, um, and the weather was changeable. It was a two day shoot. Day one was lovely. Weather was oh, very British. Yeah, yeah. I was I was terrified that these lovely owners were going to have driven down in their prides and joy and polished them, and then they were just going to get deluged. Because let's be honest, it's been a terrible summer. But mm. the first day. Got sunburned, had arms like a Neapolitan ice cream. Yeah. The second day, Ollie pretty much swum home in the Elise. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's a great shot of you with an umbrella. Yeah, well, handily, a big golfing umbrella, I'm sure you appreciate this, yes, Jack, yeah. is about the same size as the Elise's cabin. Mm. It will reach the whole way across. So it's a, And that's a much quicker solution than putting the roof on and off each time. So, yeah, you can park under the bridge at Brooklyn, shove the umbrella up and keep yourself dry for a bit. Lovely. Top tip. Right, right. 97. 97, I'm going to rattle for you a few. Uh, Ford Puma, fabulous car, also ex-owned by one Ollie Q. Absolutely <laughs> tremendous. One of the world-class machine. Um, no, they've not all rusted away. We did manage to um, get one along, so it was, uh, that really, really tickled my nostalgia pickle, getting in that and hearing the old indicator tick and all the rest yeah. of it. No, that was the car I was looking when I was 17 too, to also buy. It's just, it's just yeah. Yeah. Great. And this was one of the cars where um, I didn't choose that. That wasn't my bias from having owned one. That was um, Top Gear Telly's car of the year in 19. 
27 and anyone again who's a real Top Gear nerd will have been on YouTube and seen the 240p clip of Tiffany Dell hooning <laughs> a, uh, a Puma in the absolute driving rain. I think it was like Bruntingthorpe Aerodrome or something and he's J-turning the thing and you see it hopping over on the joins in the concrete. You think that's going on its roof. So yeah, some stellar driving from Tiff as ever. Mm. And then we threw back to the telly show for 98 as well because the telly show enjoyed giving Car the Year to a Ford so much in 97. They did it again a year later and gave it to the Mark 1 Focus. Another show. good choice. A sensible era. Mm. of the telly show. Yeah, we're not all supercars. And, no. You know, drinking methanol and supercharging our lifestyles. <laughs> to use a Top Gear office hatches. meme, it's not all solid gold rocket cars. <laughs> exactly. <It's>, uh, <laughs> we like a hatchback as well. Um, there's a few more coming now. So that the final kind of retrospective one, the final one that we picked ourselves, judging by what people said back in the day, was the Audi A2, because I think Top Gear appreciated that that car was very ahead of its time. You know, and aluminium, still is ahead of time. Yeah, <laughs> aluminium, lightweight, very aerodynamic. No one bought it. Too expensive. Yeah. Um, uh, cool. Hor- uh, Paul Horrell, who actually, um, after we've sort of listed all the cars, we then go into, we pull out a, f- a few interesting groups and we sort of tell those stories for the for mm-hmm. these cars. And he was sort of talking about the problem was um, it, it cost the same amount as an A3. Yeah. And, and basically an A3 has a slightly higher number than an A2. So it's people naturally better. assume it's one better and they, yeah. that's the one they buy. And also the A2, the, the A3 is sort of conventionally premium you know something you can go oh you drive an audi whereas the a2 has this sort of whiff of boffin and science Mm. about it which is lovely in hindsight but at the time you're sort of like "Mm, do i want to have to explain the aluminium construction and the clever aerodynamics and the small engine it's a bit like the bmw i3 isn't it exactly it's an i3 15 years early in fact that was a twin test i did last summer (laughs) (laughs) although it's since become uh, a motoring journalist's car because Mm. they're down to like Buttons. Four grand. Yeah. Well, there you go. Because I've been looking at them. <laughs> but also, aren't they written off because of the aluminium panels straight away? So if your 17-year-old daughter decides to have a yeah. ding in oh, a no, car park. Oh, no, if a bird poos on the bonnet, it's a write-off. That's <laughs> yeah. it. You just can't <laughs> that. You're done. So um, are you, you yeah. looking at them for real? Well, no, I did. Because for, as a children's learner car, and then uh, I thought that that would be a terrible idea because I'd really care if it got dented uh, and damaged. Point, yeah. So that took a, took a pearler at that stage. But I was, yeah. Yeah. Well, if you want some car buying advice, then we should get into the 2000s because we're kicking off the first official <laughs> Top Gear Car of the Year. The with, first um, ever official Top Gear magazine car of the year was... The Fiat Multipler. Oh, well done, us. And it was this telly too, because I remember this. Well, that... no, it was on Clarkson's Car Years, which was kind of a spin-off show that um, Jeremy did for BBC Two about like you know, how the family car had basically peaked. This is the apex. It will never get better than this. This, you know, bug-eyed six-seater, super cheap to buy and run. Um, the thing the they turned was... into a hound on the TV <laughs> show. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> but this was um, this was one of those moments where you go, ah, our thirty cars sourcing idea might be quite tricky because there are no Fiat multiplers. Seriously, if you want a rare car, don't go and buy a Ferrari two hundred and fifty GTO. Save yourself thirty-five million quid and go and buy a multipler <laughs> yeah. because. We ended up, I say we, like our colleague Pete Rollins had to trawl eBay and basically stalk someone who <laughs> bought one. There was one for sale on eBay. We weren't allowed to buy it by the, the masters of coin at Top Gear. We weren't allowed to put in an insulting bid. So we had to wait until it sold. What was it going for? Or what did it sell for? I think, well, for a while it was sat at 300 quid. And we were just thinking, we're just, we're all going to club together and we're going to get yeah. this. And then it shot up to like two grand. <sighs> So then instead, what we did was we slid into the DMs of the winning bidder (laughs) and said, congratulations, love your new car. 
couldn't borrow it for two days at Brooklyn's, could we? <laughs> and incredibly, Mark said, yeah, fill your boots. Happy days. So um, Also, did you get the the why from Mark? Why did you buy this car, Mark? He asked curiously few questions. Oh. It was He was very happy for a complete bunch of strangers to say, we're going to go and park No, I mean, two. why did Mark buy it? Oh, um, he bought it because he's got one in France already and it's a bit shonky. So he thought if he bought another shonky one, he might be able to make one good one. It's like a kind of two wrongs don't make a right, but two bad multiplers might make a half decent I bet they're shonky one. in the same places. Yeah. I mean, it's shonky all over. The, that, the steering wheel was a Petri dish. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I was worried it was like for body disposal or something like that. And he was happy for us to put our fingerprints over it for two days. And then have it back. And yeah, fine. He's looking Get some extra DNA in yeah, there. What an alibi. It was on the cover of Top Gear magazine. It wasn't me. <laughs> so, yeah, um, that was an, a classic uh, a case of an owner really doing us a solid there. Thank you very much for loaning no, us that. <laughs> what was hilarious he didn't get to see it beforehand did he because no, he we had to deliver it. it we picked it up from the buyer we picked uh, it up from the seller. seller sorry yeah took it on the shoot and then delivered it as a valet to the person who had bought it having yeah. used it but you know it's probably been a, had the photographer's microfibers all over it so it probably looked a bit better afterwards than mm. uh, when we picked yeah. it up it was it had it lived the life that car yeah, bless yeah. it but mm. I don't know. I kind of it makes me feel kind of nostalgic for a sort of different, more optimistic time. And it kind of reminds me of you remember in like mobile phone design pre iPhone, mm. and everyone was like, no, a phone should swivel or flip, or it should mm. it should have a gaming keyboard in it. Or, and, and then I, Apple came along and went, no, it should be a massive screen. And everyone went, yeah, actually, you're right. Yeah, you're right. That was like family cars in the late nineties, mm. early two thousands, like with the Audi A two and the multiplayer. It's like, oh, let's be space efficient. Let's yeah. do an A class or something. Let's do something well, wacky everything, and mad. Everything's built built off the same off one chassis now. Yeah. You couldn't build a car that is as wide as it is long no. with three seats across the front and three across the back. Someone in Fiat's office was just playing with a Rubik's Cube, weren't they? And then just went, hmm, we should put wheels under this. It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed having that along. I do um, like three seats in the front, though. That that, that needs to make a comeback. Doesn't yeah. It? Well, yeah. The Defender does it, mm. actually. Yeah. yeah Absolutely. Term, had six seats. Spoiler alert for oh, later yeah, on. Of course. <laughs> yeah. In fact, my mum's Transit does it as well. There's mm. just, you know, not three in a row. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, interesting. <laughs> I'm going to move us on because we yeah, went. We obviously got. We obviously scared ourselves in 2000 with the multiple because 2001 Ford Mondeo. And <laughs> when do the when do the exciting cars start? <laughs> <laughs> They're coming. Um, yeah, Mondeo was a slight snafu um, because again, it's quite easy to source certain cars. You know, you'll see later on Bugatti, no problem. Ferrari, easy. <laughs> Ford Mondeo from 2001, they're all gone. Absolutely yeah. nowhere to be found. Mm. So much so that Ford themselves sent the wrong one. <laughs> Ford <laughs> said, don't worry, we, we can find one of those. We've got one in the lockup and they sent the previous generation ST220 V6, which, funnily enough, um, I shut the boot on it and the badge fell off and landed on the floor. Yeah. And I said to the Ford man, I'm terribly sorry about this. Um, the badge has fallen off. He said, oh, don't worry. It's just come back from having a re spray at a prison. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they've done. Apparently, they just they send all the cars off, and um, yeah, people who are learning to do up cars in prison, um, they've you know uh, restored all of Ford's cars for them. Wow! Sounds and then like not stuck the badges yeah. back on. So yeah. um, had a quick check under the seats of that, and uh, <laughs> 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 you shanks were around. Contraband. Yeah. Right, I think this is going to be a popular one. Two thousand and two top gear car of the year was the Range Rover. Mm. The Range Rover L three two two. What yeah. we said on the pod the other week, up. if you listen to our Range Rover special, was peak rangy, mm. wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Boxing in the right colour, came in green. Oh, it was yeah. the um, that was it, the half a millionth. Yes, Range Rover as driven off the production line by. David Seaman, oh. England goalkeeper. Yeah, wow. <laughs> Ex-Seaman famous car. ponytail. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. 
Nice to, nice had to hold. all the paperwork inside. Nice to hold <laughs> that steering wheel with those big, strong hands I've held. Uh, <laughs> big hands, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Dave, for your uh, rangey. Yeah. Uh, 2003 car of the year, another Ford, uh, getting into the hot hatches now with the Mark One Focus RS. Never never driven one, Have read you all about it. Oh, that's oh. something you need to drive. Yeah. 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 Torque steering delight. Mm. How much proper were, hardcore t- thing? Two hundred horsepower. Two twelve. Oh, look at the oh stato. Didn't they do so? They did a Focus ST one seventy. Yeah, yeah. Sort of the, uh, yeah. The, a couple of years uh, earlier, they did an ST one. It's interesting though. Back in the day, that the the difference between the warm hatch and the hot one is only forty horsepower. Mm. Now, you know, these days, you know, what's an A thirty five stato versus an A forty five? About a good one hundred and twenty horsepower. Exactly. Yeah. Well, it's not even but it that. wasn't it's the exponential. Yeah, it's well, the thing that. was, the focus was the S. The there was a massive, although it wasn't much power. The difference in the sh- in the chassis and the engineering on them was colossal. Because yeah. an ST one seventy was basically just an uprated regular Focus. That thing was designed to be the rally car. Exactly, yeah. it's like yeah. a tarmac rally car. So I, look got, I do look mm. at that and I just think that was McRae. Back yeah. in the day, yeah, you just yeah. see a rally car, mm-hmm. and it's, what was, it's so cool. What was delightful on the shoot was seeing everyone fail to start it because it was one of the earliest cars in the world to have a starter button. Yeah. So everyone got in it, twisted the key three times, and got out going, Ford's busted, it's broken down. And yeah. Have like, you tried the green button next to the gear lever? And then it yeah. burst into life. So <laughs> that was um, a little throwback. Yeah. Uh, 2004, a kind of car that doesn't really get talked about anymore, even though it's manual, rear drive, naturally aspirated, the Nissan 350Z. Mm. Did this come with a locking diff? Not a locking diff, a welded diff, because that's, yeah, that's what everyone's bought them for, yeah, yeah. just skid around car parks. steering lock. It yeah. came with a colossal amount of bird poo on it, weirdly. I don't know where it had been parked. Mm. Um, yeah, it was it's sort of one of those cars that doesn't seem to have got the same cult following as, say, like Supras have or mm. Evos. Or... It hasn't hit that JDM peak for some reason. It seems more to be appreciated as something more European or American. People as need to sit JDM. down and watch Tokyo Drift again and see just what a, mm. what a goat it's the a 350Z car, that is. It's interesting that that, that formula was then basically repeated in the 370 and basically repeated again in the a couple in of the turbos on it and yeah, yeah, 400Z, yeah. 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 Right, and then we get into another one of those curveballs that our predecessors threw us. The 2005 Top Gear Car of the Year was the Toyota Igo and the Bugatti Veyron. Of course. <laughs> because they couldn't decide between the eight grand, one litre, 70 mile per gallon city car and the thousand horsepower, 16 cylinder hypercar, so we had both. Now this mm. smacks of... Basically, the Bugatti Veyron comes out, blows everyone's mind, shifts performance cars forever. We've got to give it our car of the year. And then everyone's sort of sitting around feeling a bit guilty that they're giving it to a, I think it was like 880 grand when it was new. Was it yeah. Which first, now yeah, feels, yeah. Like, a, feels yeah. like a bargain. Yeah. But um, And then feeling a bit guilty and going, oh, that eye goes very clever as well. Mm. Um, yes, let's dilute it. Let's dilute our guilt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, the iGo was very clever. It's two plus one seating and, you know... No, you're thinking thing. you're on the IQ. That's the IQ. IQ. Yeah, yeah. iGo is the, the one that... Had the glass tailgate and yeah. stuff. It was and a real spon- cost cutter. Yeah, and sponsored shipwrecks and everything on Channel 4 in that era. Exactly. Too. Sponsored you, everything on T4. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Wake up, it's time for Pop World. Yeah, you know, exactly. fantastic. Oh, how dare I have made that mistake? <laughs> no, Sorry, this is, no, we um, do know what we talk the about sometimes. It's born the, the, the 108 and the... Well, the 107 C1. at the time. The 107, Sorry, and, and C1. C1. Yeah, yeah. Was the iGo the one to have? That's what we said in the mag at the yeah, time. They were all absolutely identical, but you wanted the Toyota because you had more faith in Toyota's reliability, yeah, yeah. even though it should make no and it difference. It looked slightly cooler, I think. It and it also, I yeah. think that um, it, it got so propelled into the public consciousness from the football match on Top Gear. Mm, when, yeah. Remember when Rich and James played full contact soccer, depending on where you listen to this, um, 
in a five-a-side Igos full of touring car drivers mm. and smacks the bejesus out of them, but they kept on working. Mm. It's a brilliant yeah. Top Gear film mm. from back in the day. You can find it on iPlayer Different and on time. YouTube. How many was it? Five-a-side? Yeah. Yeah, Toyota with like 10, ten Igos I to goes, write off. And they won't be working afterwards. <laughs> Fine. Yeah, yeah. I totally, I remember watching that and going, I want that as my first car. Yeah. It's indestructible. Mm. So and we haven't was, even talked about the Veyron. Yeah, well, this yeah. was the funny thing about like, we had, so we had a Veyron booked for this shoot. And uh, for, on the Friday afternoon, we were about to shoot this on the Monday. We had cars arriving from about 7am on the Monday. And about midday on the Friday before, I had a call from Bugatti saying, um, our Veyron owner has pulled out. He's decided he doesn't want to loan you the car. So I then had about four hours to source a Veyron. By four o'clock that afternoon, I had three owners fighting <laughs> to have their Veyron featured, including one who rang the Bugatti factory and asked that they should apply some pressure that we should choose his car. <laughs> but we didn't. We chose um, a gentleman's car because it was it was great spec. It was from it was the it was the OG Veyron, the blue and black, the original wheels, the original quite weird cheap looking headlights that like they've come off a kind of you know Vauxhall Cavalier really. Wasn't it the car that was on the cover of the magazine uh we can't be sure i was trying to chase up the chassis number but we don't know but it's it's identical spec and it mm. is it's such a minter um so but yeah we, it was veyron's three for the price of one i go i had the toyota man from toyota uk panicking literally looking around the car park to see if anyone owned one and that's where it came from in the end it just came from somebody who worked at toyota who sort of forgot they had it so uh, again thanks again for loaning us that car That, that was the end of the curveballs because then 2006 we had a Jag. <laughs> <laughs> the XK. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, an XK. It turned out a lovely man brought his lovely wife along, started polishing it, British Racing Green, Magnolia Leather. It was peak Jag. It was very nice. Um, so that came along as something we haven't really nominated many of, you know, a, a big V8 GT car. Mm, yeah. Not many of those have won car of the year, but that was... You put a big V8 sports car in for 2007, though. Yeah, I mean, that was <laughs> yeah. um, that was a one that had is, everyone mouths watering, didn't it? This feels like, I think this is about the time when my motoring journalism career started. Mm -hmm. So I'm starting to sort of get a, a tingle. Recognise the cars. I mess, yeah, no. Like, <laughs> oh, I've, I've actually that. driven these <laughs> yeah. ones. You know, and there's a few that I've driven, uh, you know. So let's identify it. So after the Jag, which was kind of, you know, that was Jag's rebirth mm. at the time, wasn't it? This mm. is the new XK. Jag's going to be fine. Only three more revolutions needed. Now we came to the 2007 Audi R8, the car which yeah. I put in the mag, made Audi desirable to millennials. Rome, would you go along with that? Yeah, I would do. And it's just, it was just so futuristic and cool at the time, but also great placement. Was it iRobot that they had the concept yeah, in yeah. first, which then teased wheels. you and you thought, there's no way Audi will do that. Mm, yeah. And then they come along with this. And yeah, yeah. And I, now, did, I did go on the launch of, the, of it originally. Oh. And I remember driving it across the, it's one of those cars, 50 meters across the car park. And you went, oh my God, this feels so good. But to yeah. get out of your road trusting trousers for just one moment, wasn't the launch of that in <laughs> Las Vegas? No, I went to it at Paul Ricard in Southern France. Oh, right. Paul Horrell, Top Gear's own, uh -huh. drove that car well, in he, Vegas. He refuses to drive cars anywhere else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know Paul. I feel yeah. like he won it at the tables. <laughs> <laughs> but the side blades, as a, a bit of design, are just still so amazing when you see them. And so Good spec. Good everyone. spec, the one yeah, you so got. This was, yeah, a car like that. That, this was a car that belongs to Audi. But again, the, for the real Top Gear nerds out there, go and pick up a copy of the Mac because you will spot this is the car from the Top Gear telly 
show shoot back in 2007. Jeremy drove it, said he found it faultless, then twin tested it against Richard Hammond's 911. They have that mad drift off. Massive, big skid shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a fantastic Mm. film. Really exciting. Ends with a drag race that's almost too close to call. And this is that exact R8. Audi Mm. lent it to lots of journalists. They then sold it off. It was bought back a couple of years ago in a dreadful state. Had loads of, I think it had been lowered, put on badly modified wheels and, you know, just really worn out. And they've, they've lovingly restored it. And it just, it was surrounded by a puddle of drool the entire time we had the car there. (laughs) And Mm. these are now, well, obviously not one like this that's been put back together properly. Um, But 35 grand now will get you a an R8. That's another one that's been on my auto trader search. It's basically the, the Mr. Audi, Audi two car garage. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but they are. I've, um, my 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 good friend Brummy Matt. Shout out to Matt. He's just bought one. Oh, Actually, this week. Yeah, he 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 was he was sort of sniffing around nine elevens, and I said, "No, R8, R8. Now's the time. V8 manual." And he's he's gone and done it. Dodgy dampers, a few other things wrong with <laughs> it. Um, but, you know, he's going to sort that all out and he's going to yeah. own a, a lovely, lovely car. We'll still use Audi's mm. one for the next photo shoot. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> I'm I might pull... just kidnap it. <laughs> I'm going to haul us back on track. What's really funny, Jack, you know you were saying earlier about how we're like, you know, we're the mag of the people. We, we've had loads of hot oh, yeah. hatches as cars a year. What's funny is obviously, so we've had, we've had the, the Bugatti Veyron, the Jag XK and the Audi R8, all of cars of the year. So then you can see how the publishing department's probably gone a bit, could we just have something a little bit more real world yeah. next year, boys and girls? So the 2008 car of the year was the Volkswagen Scirocco. Do you know what? I, I haven't I, got much to say about it. No, well, look, it doesn't... I wanted one so much. I wanted one so badly A lower, well. wider yeah. Golf... Mm. GTI that had basically been doing a delt workout and had these big yeah. shoulders on it. I've super I wanted it was one. Spectacularly good looking that. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's really interesting. I was 18 at the time. This I know yeah. this is the power of influence before it was dictated mm. by an algorithm. You would read about this stuff and you didn't wouldn't see them initially. So you were, you know, super influenced by mm. what people say. And it just looks so cool for someone who was 17, 18 mm. to be rocking mm. around that. And I remember someone at university had one. I was so jealous. Because yeah, mm. you can almost, it was tangible, wasn't it? It was like yeah. it's a golf in a less practical suit. I remember yeah. it was on the yeah. cover too in that fantastic kind of viper green colour. Mm. Yeah. And yeah. It, just, it just stood so out. So this, this is the difference between you and me. So I, uh, one of my first cars was a Mark I Sirocco. And I've still got a huge feeling for that. But I'd been jaded by the industry by the time that came along. So I knew it was just a golf in drag. Oh, platform engineering. And it didn't have, yeah, yeah. And it just never, it was never as cool as a Golf GTI to me. So, because it didn't have that same sort of Juge to it. Yeah, it's interesting that this is this is one of the cars where you know, again, with great thanks to the owner who brought it along. When Mm. people were kind of milling around our shoot, because I should say that we didn't just book Brooklands privately for the day; it was fully open to the public. Yeah. So there were lots of people milling around and kind of go, "Oh, what's going on here?" And you might have to take a photo of your Bugatti. But they thought that the Scirocco was just a a a punter's car who had parked in the wrong bit. And I was like, "No, this was a." A car of the year, but for me, it, it shows as well how quickly the car market's changing. In 2008, Volkswagen could make a case to take a golf platform and then drop a coupe body onto it, give it an all new interior, give it all this new marketing, and mm. spin off a Scirocco R version. And now, bin bins, and we've got the T Rock. Tigo's T Rock instead. And it's just, everything's just been crossovered, and I just mm. I don't want any of those cars. I super wanted a Scirocco, mm. but I don't mm. want a Tigo or a Tiguan or a T-Rock or, or T-Cross. Or T-Cross, thanks, I forgot that existed. T-Cuts or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go, that shows how even a car as recent as 2008 is now being consigned to the bin. 
Yeah. Um, okay. All right. All right. Two thousand nine. Before I get angry, quickly. Yeah. Let's yeah. just. I'll let someone else absolutely spaff on about how amazing the four five eight Italia was. <laughs> so <laughs> some car. Some. I think it's a Fiat four. No, Ferrari four five eight Italia. Another dead easy one to find. <laughs> yeah. So so two Ferraris have won Car of the Year three five five and this. Yeah. Um, Ollie, you wrote the sort of the breakout story uh, on describing these, yeah, and I yeah. think we I think we nailed it. On these yeah, two yeah. that we I, picked, I completely. Did. I think we did as well. Mm. We've never had, as we said earlier, never had a Porsche 911 as a as a car of the year. We've never had a Lamborghini as car of the year. But these two Ferraris, out of all the sort of V8 mid-engined, what you might call, I wouldn't call them mainstream Ferraris, but those sort of most accessible mm. Ferraris, these two are the standout cars. Mm. And that 458 is still such a, such a good car. I the, drove one back in January when we did it out in America. And I just got into it, and it was just instantly so tingly. And, yeah, it's just such a good car. And did we know, the interesting in 2009, do you think we knew for sure that the next one was going to be the 488 that was going to introduce the turbocharged V8 and, and sort of dampen down some of the excitement? Yeah. Or Because, obviously, in, in, in hindsight, we now know that this is the last of the naturally aspirated mm. V8s, so it has a special place. I think mm. I think we did know then, actually. Well, at the launch of this one, I'm not too sure, but definitely for the speciali later. It was like, you know, we look at cars now and know that the next generation is probably going to go hybrid. We were looking at them then going, the next generation is going to go turbocharged. Yeah. Yeah. So, the Italia, yeah. in, in many ways, was quite controversial when it was launched because it was the first mid-engine V8 Ferrari to not be offered with a manual gearbox. They'd mm. gone only paddles, so a lot of people were yeah. very harumphy about mm. that. And it was the first Ferrari to really double down on putting all the buttons on the steering wheel. So it had the indicators on the steering wheel. It had all the, the wipers and the lights. And, of course, everyone was getting in and going, this is impossible. This is, you know, again, Jeremy made a lot of fun about it on the show. You know, people were saying a Ferrari lost the plot. And it was actually the 458 was just so good to drive and so pretty mm. that it won everyone over and then has set the template for every Ferrari well, that's but, come next. And you, also, you had a great duel to kind of lift it to because McLaren and the 12C came along at the same time. Yeah, so yeah, you yeah. had like a direct competitor mm. to go against. McLaren, but, another brand that's made plenty of brilliant cars over the past, you know, two decades at mm. least. And not brilliant enough, here. mate. Not not to not as good as a Citroen DS3. Oh, that's 2010. For sure. 2010, the only oh, French the rebound from the supercar I, the year. To before. be fair, I do remember at the time it it was kind of a bigger deal than it's zeitgeisty, it, isn't yeah, it? The DS3. Yeah. This was the, the age of the expensive small car. Mini had come along and shown it could be done. Then Fiat had revived the 500. Citroen had obviously gone. Oh, merds, we don't have a very small, cheap car that we can retro cutify. Mm. So we'll take the DS badge and put that on effectively a, a rebuilt C3. C3. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that was a that was a really popular car back then. It had all this I think they were really proud of the fact there were more ways to individualize it. There were more colour combinations of roof and mirror cap and wheel and paint than yeah. any other of those city cars. And again, car that was massive at the time and now you can't buy it it's been replaced yeah. by a crossover that we don't care about but they took that badge and they made it into an entirely separate brand they yeah. were so convinced that mm. they could get it right and so, so it was a real kickstarter wasn't it I think it was probably getting winning top list car of the year that convinced them let's spin this <laughs> off <laughs> and the sky's the limit yeah I remember. Yeah. We, sorry uh, DS and we took it to China to celebrate it mm. then. Oh, uh, that is that makes me moaning about the logistics of this seem like a drop in the ocean compared to let's ship a Koenigsegg and a DS3 <laughs> <Yeah>. to Beijing. <laughs> and about, about 10 other cars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I remember yeah. at the time going, uh, oh, that's great, such ambition and, you know, whoa, the logistics I couldn't even on believe that. it had been done. Was that I the d- one was... where, where Piers Ward had to Switched basically onto a different time zone. adopt Chinese, yeah, Chinese time, time zone? 
Yeah. Um, while while living every... in England to do yeah, logistics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But you come to the office at like 2am <laughs> get on Chinese time. <laughs> but also, I don't want to um, make the art department feel slightly bad, but it was the, the era of where Photoshop and filters and various stuff started coming on trend. Mm. And, yeah, the image of the cover was so saturated that you think, is this real? And they yeah, did yeah. actually have the cars <laughs> yeah. in no, China. No, it actually is. No, they took exactly, them all the way to China I, and then I, made I it I opening the magazine thinking, hmm, I'm not sure about this. And then you see this all more snapshotty shots and going, oh no. They, they are really Chinese did. people. Yeah, yeah. this, this <laughs> yeah, isn't yeah. in Swindon and they've got a load of paid actors to come yeah, in yeah. to make it look good. Um, I think early 2010s is a, is a rich seam of form for Top Gear Cars of the Year because, you know, calling it right, you know, you've got 458 in there and DS3 and then... Range Rover Evoque 2011. This is yeah. uh, the first SUV since the, the not the original, but the, the David mm. Seaman Range Rover to yeah, win. Yeah. And um, yeah, the Evoque, you, you forget because they're everywhere now. What an absolute cult car that mm. was. You know, people paying over list for it. Victoria Beckham posing yeah, next to shift it. Just for the brand. Massive. So, yeah. Well, it's like, it's like the DS3 the year before, isn't it? They've, ta- they've taken the desirability and put it into a different package mm. for, a more main, for a more mainstream audience. They made it really fashionable. Yeah, and that's then, you know, all the Range Rovers and the Velars and everything else that's come afterwards with the swept back lights and the slightly more sort of uh, streamlined styling. All that has come from the Evoque. If you, yeah, we, yeah. Had a, we had a, a proper mm. original one there, one like an early example, and you just go, wow, that hasn't aged too badly at mm. all. Yeah, um, yeah. And no, it didn't break down. So, um, yeah, we'll move on to 2012, Toyota GT86. Yeah. That's... Prius rubber. That's one of the ones that we, Top Gear, really championed, I think. Yeah. I know uh, Jeremy campaigned very hard. The, uh, and then, yeah. Yeah, I read back the, the mag from yeah, that year, and yeah, Jeremy basically saying that everyone was locked in a room and people were talking about the then new Range Rover and I think well, it was whatever Ferrari was from that year, and he basically held everyone hostage until they agreed that the Toyota at 25 grand... And 200 horsepower was everything you ever wanted. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Enough's been written about that, actually. Every, yeah, every we years, won't, hasn't it? We yeah. Go yeah. on. So now we're oh, on the next one. We've not had a, we've not had a Ford for a while. So 2013 <laughs> was the Ford Fiesta ST. So this yeah. is the uh, my favourite yeah. the 1.6 yeah. litre car. Yeah. Mm. And yeah, I love that thing. But yeah, interestingly, so 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 in the mag when we're explaining each of the each of these cars there's a little rundown that um ollie q did which is the class of two, 2000, 2013 so the cars that this had to beat 458 speciale mclaren p1 jag <laughs> f type i3 vw xl1 i mean it was hell of a year yeah and what a rich year that was and actually we that's the right decision we went for a yeah, 18 yeah. grand hot hatch that had absolutely showed the Clio the way home. Yeah, and it goes yeah. everywhere on three wheels. And it's just, yeah. yeah it's um, such a hoot to drive. You never get into now. a car and go, well, let's yeah. just drive this flat out everywhere. Mm. I bet they're not much money these days, a 2013. Oh, six, one. seven grand, I should think. Yeah. 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 Get them mount tunes, still want one. Yeah. Get your kids in one of those, Ollie. Yeah. No? <laughs> no. <laughs> you know you what sure? I said? It's a car that you get in and want to drive flat out. It's not what you want if you're a first 17 year old. Hello, have you met this lamppost? Yeah, so, uh, Watch this, Dad. I can put it on three wheels. <laughs> and it's roof. And two wheels. One wheel. No wheels, Dad. <laughs> uh, right, 2014. Um, 2014, car of the year was a car that Rowan and I, that year, drove to the top of Sweden, the BMW i8. That the future. is one of my all-time favourites. The future classic yeah. to end all future classics, I think. Mm. Yeah, it is. 
It was so, it was so revolutionary, wasn't it? It mm. was just it, it was it was because I think people made the mistake of assuming it was going to be a Porsche 911 rival, mm. and it's not. It's a lot more broad. It's a much more broad thinking car than that mm. because it had four seats, because it was carbon tub, because it was hybrid and had 15 miles of range, and you could plug it in and doors that went was, up and doors that went up. <laughs> it, it, it did everything, didn't it? It crossed a lot more bases. God, it's difficult to get into though. I hadn't driven one for a few years, and yeah, posting but, myself into this made mm. me feel older than the i 80s when you're in it, it's so comfortable because yeah. you're so reclined. Mm. And yeah. yeah, when we drove it to Sweden, we can believe how good it was as, as a GT car. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. unbelievable. It's I remember it's the first time that I'd ever felt a combustion engine augmented by some e-boost. Yeah. And it's a lovely feeling because you get that mm. sort of instant mm. throttle response. And then actually that three-cylinder engine sounded quite interesting. I don't know. Were they pumping, was there any fake noise involved? Or? There was, Probably yeah. was. It was yeah. yeah. Well, they did a good job because it yeah. sounded... That it didn't sound like a mini, did it? No. Yeah. Just, but yeah. that's the, but when people... Are, when you rock up and no one had seen one before and everyone expects to have a mm. giant engine, you say, mm. what's it got? Ah, it's just got the small one from the mini. Uh, yeah. They're a bit disappointed. But... It is the acceptable face of the supercar even today, I yeah. think. And even, yeah. uh, like and I said, we were at Brooklyn's, it. it was open to the public, there were families milling around, the amount of people who came over and said, so this is new, is it? This is the new BMW. Yeah, yeah. No, no, this went out of production yeah. like two years ago. It's extraordinary. <laughs> I finally see they finally sorted the grill out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Also, now going for circa... 35k if yeah, you're feeling yeah. broke. That's another one that's only on the audio. I love this. Honest Jack's buying advice. <laughs> I've got a nice one out back yeah. if you're interested. But your plan is basically get all your mates to buy cars that you want and then yeah. just have a go without having to insure them. Yes, I'm, I'm going over to Bromley Matt's house this Sunday. <laughs> 2015. Uh, 2015 was another Ford. It was the Mark IV, basically the drift mode, Focus RS. Um, which beat off the likes of the Ferrari F12 TDF, the McLaren 570S, Cayman GT4, and the Aerial Nomad. Ollie, how did you let that happen? Jeepers, I don't know quite how that got through. I <laughs> 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 recount. Uh, I remember, do you remember doing the big sort of cross-Europe road trip in mm. this thing? I think it was you and I, Rowan. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, yeah, I remember it. Dirty Dancing was the headline. It was, um, I, so the interesting thing with this car is it at the time, the drift mode was the sort of, you know, the headline, oh, it's got a drift mode, it will go sideways, it had a very clever four-wheel drive system that could chuck a load of torque to the rear axle um, when you wanted it. Uh, I mean, really, that just caused a lot of Crashes. People to crash into <laughs> barriers. It caused For, a lot of headlines that it probably didn't deserve to. Yeah, fortunately not us. It. But actually, once you got past that, because that it was quite synthetic. It's a bit like the A45 has a drift mode. Which, keep the steering wheel straight. Keep your foot flat. Keep your foot and flat. Watch the tires explode. Yeah, yeah. And it was a very quite a serious quite a car really. A um, lot of power. Um, remember the seating position being. On high. High. Too high, yeah. 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 You know those stunt cars they build for Hollywood where like the stunt driver sits on the roof and then they put the star <laughs> underneath. That is that Ford just went, We'll just do that for a hot hatch. That's just yeah, we'll have that. But, but it's I wonder if that will be one of those cars where right now it's in a bit of the doldrums, like, oh, was it the greatest yeah. focus RS ever? Probably not. But because it's probably going to be the last Focus RS, or certainly the last non-electrified one, maybe in 10 years' time, we'll all be sitting here and there'll be being auctioned for 100 grand and we'll be getting I suspect they will, but I'm, I have to say I won't be one of those queuing up for... Mm. They did some it. special edition, the Heritage Edition and other bits. Mm. Mm. No, I, I want to have another go now. The little bit, of, you know, a few years yeah. it's, between the last it's a, time. It's a yobbery machine, isn't yes. it? Mm. It's, yeah. Talking like, of yeah. yobbo machines. <laughs> 2016. You should take this round. So the 2016 car of the year was the Alfa Romeo Giulia Quadrifoglio a car that you fondly spent time at the side of the road waiting for the AA in. Yeah, but also <laughs> loved. I still think it is one of the I still remember best. following you out of the Top Gear car park, the underground car park, and 
basically, you would always leave it in first gear and just boost Second. it up the ramp. <laughs> Second? Second? Come on, I'm not a yob. <laughs> and you couldn't help yourself. It was just, just whap. We also have a 90 left out of the car park, and every day it would be TC off. It's raining. Yeah, and then, then you just, um, yeah, you have to, with the, the, the sharp steering, it catches it every time. Not so much in the AMG, um, what was it, GTR convertible, which I span uh, from the security guard. Um, so, uh, the, no, the Julia, you know, we were disappointed with the 4C. And we wanted mm. Alfa Romeo to, you know, come with something cool. Mm. And then to go up against the M3, uh, you know, is a, a tough order. But this has got so much character. Yes, it had reliability issues, but it's also a car which I would still love to own now. And it is still on sale. They've recently facelifted it. It's still on sale. It's, you know, it's outlived the kind of fighty, snatchy M3 it was up against originally. And now BMW's gone more kind of grown up for the current M3 and the Julia yeah it's interior is going to be nowhere near but I still think it's it's right up there as a drive it's yeah. so clever as well because the you know the damping and the, the the bandwidth that you have from sport or race and, and and normal you can just drive it like a normal car and then it has such a different attitude in the yeah, other ones yeah. with race which when you did put it in race it turned everything off you couldn't do any yeah, yeah, yeah any, there was no whereas now there. there is a two stage to it but, uh, but it was set car. up by the guy who set up the 458 he was poached from Ferrari to come and do Alpha's yeah. new sports saloon. And yeah, that's so he, he deserves a few uh, awards on his mantelpiece or certificates <laughs> in his downstairs loo because there's a few car of the years yeah, that he's owned. badges on his swimming towel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I just, um, from, from 2016, it beat the likes of the Tesla Model X, the Jaguar F-Pace. You know, that was a hugely exciting car at the time. Jaguar's first SUV. Uh, and the Golf GTI Club Sport S. So another pretty strong year. But speaking of hot hatches, 2017 is when Honda came back in and went, Here's a Type R like nothing you've ever driven or seen. Yeah. Or seen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry about sorry about looking at it, but so quick, now, get now it. Being the job you are, you probably quite like the way this looks. Yeah, I do actually. I think, yeah, I think I it's more it. exciting than the current one, if I'm honest. But uh, we all got in it. The first thing is just seats. We're talking about rubbish oh. ones and Focus RS. Getting these yeah. like this is proper. Steering's proper. Pedal setup proper, but gearbox. Outstanding. Yeah. Unless it's in the middle that, of winter where your hands cold metal ball yeah. in your hand is lovely. Not or, even Porsche or burning hot in the summer. Yeah. <laughs> I've still yeah. got it branded into my hand from running a long term. But Quite it, a cool little tattoo. Yeah. You know, the H-pad. <laughs> yeah. yes. Having a cattle prod just <laughs> zeroed in on your palm. But we spent most of, I think, the end of 2017 in the Highlands of Scotland because we found every excuse possible to drive a Civic Type R up there. Yeah. Uh, Including for the wettest we, performance car of the year ever. I still call it raincoaty because it was just a deluge. <laughs> but it was up there with like... Is that a, not kill? Yeah. Oh. It was the um, the year of But actually, I remember we had some quite spicy yeah. stuff there. Like Ford a, GT, a McLaren Ford. 720S, E63 with drift mode. Huracan Performante. Yeah. And oh, I remember and the Volkswagen up GTI. <laughs> and the, the rain sort of poured down and we looked at Knockhill like notoriously, you know, it's a bit unforgiving mm. as a circuit. Everyone sort of gravitated towards the Honda because it was ridiculously fast, but was just friendly. Wasn't yeah, it? it was sort yeah. of quite easy it's, to, it's to carry speed. Set up. Yeah. It's and I like, set I like up. the treatment that Jack Yu and Rowan gave it for, you know, it was unequivocally the best hot hatch of the year. We gave it car of the year, but you wanted to find somewhere that the styling actually worked. Because our main problem with it was that it just looked like a dog's mm. breakfast. So you selflessly took it to Japan. We did. <laughs> and then we just we sort of went on a just a unnecessarily long road trip, finding all the great kind of uh 
driving roads in Japan, but mm. also just putting it in context and and uh, yeah, that, that was a memorable just one. J- Japanese weirdness. I remember we went for dinner once, and this lady just came in like a weeble. She like rolled in. <laughs> and we were no, we were full floor. kimono. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. we were full kimono having dinner. Everything was in Japanese. No idea what we were eating. We were just nodding, <laughs> smiling, and just. Uh, and we looked doing outside, we and there was a specific type. I went, no, nah, this makes complete sense. <laughs> <here."> <laughs> it does <laughs> everything. <laughs> the world is right. This is around the time as we get into the 2018 car of the year that my blood pressure starts to return to a non-lethal level because these are cars which are pretty much still just about on sale or you know have only just recently gone off sale certainly in the case of 2018's car the fiesta st so they're a lot easier to find and you don't have to scour like reddit and so this is the point where you could basically phone up and go have you got one on the press fleet yeah ford have you Ah. i know you've stopped making the fiesta you fools but could you please (laughs) send us the 2018 the three cylinder um fiesta st because that was the 2018 car of the year it defended its title pretty pretty quickly the fiesta yeah and then the new era 2019 yeah. 2019 the first ever here's a pub fact question for anyone the first ever ev to win top gear car of the year was the porsche taycan the first pure ev yeah. the i8 was yeah, the first yeah. electrified yeah there you go uh, yeah. Just in case the pub quiz master gets really pedantic. <laughs> <laughs> Hit with the wooden spoon that's on your pub table. Yeah. <laughs> Says the really pedantic quiz master. Um, oh, it's going to come back to haunt me. Yeah. Um, no, Porsche Taycan. This was, uh, I think, a car that we were all a bit nervous about because, you know, how could an electric car possibly feel like a Porsche? But then, we, you know, we're lucky enough that these manufacturers take us along a bit on the sort of development journey. We knew that they saw the importance of this car, the billions of pounds and euros they were pumping into this project. They'll probably never see it back. Um, uh, and, and then when the car came along, relief, because it mm-hmm. miraculously felt like a Porsche. I mean, it didn't yeah. have a gearbox. It didn't make the same noises. Well, it does yeah. have a gearbox. Oh, it does, it doesn't it? Two yeah. speeds. Yeah. yeah. Good oh, nerdy. Of course. Yeah, well but done, I remember so. like Chris driving it on the TV show and basically coming to the conclusion that it's going to be okay, guys. There's yeah. going to there's going to be cars for the likes of us yeah. in the future. While doing a massive four, drift. Yeah, but four years later, there hasn't been a lot of other electric stuff that's come along that does anything as well as a Taycan does. That's no, more than desirably. You still yeah, look at yeah. them and you think, wow, that's It's a still cool. a very good-looking thing. And, and yeah, and especially the, in Cross Turismo yeah. form. And for the EV fans out there, you know, I, I did make the point in the mag that, you know, this was not the first very fast four-door electric fastback. You know, Tesla had done the Model S like five years earlier, mm. but it still doesn't drive anywhere near as well as the Porsche does. And that's yeah. that's what set it apart because 2019, it became car of the year because it kind of gave us hope for mm. the future that mm. it wasn't just going to be time to shut up shop and go and take up like flower arranging. There was still going to be interesting cars in the future. Yeah, yeah. could do with a bit more range, mm. which is mad that because it, it was only launched four years ago and already it's 100 miles off yeah high and icona will leave it behind (laughs) uh 2020 car of the year was the land rover defender yes let's get some maximum who would like to to who would like to wax lyrical about this one to kenya oh that was what a country uh, yeah so that was (laughs) as as um press launches go um an expedition across namibia in the brand new defender I'm not. I don't think that one's ever going to be beaten. Um, but good on Land Rover because they properly showed off this car. You know, you had these um, washboard roads. We took it into the skeleton coast across the sand dunes. We drove flat out down a dry riverbed with giraffes chasing us around. It was 
spectacular trip. Um, but then we needed to get it back in the UK and put it on proper well, roads. Well, yeah, let's let's t- take that because you took it halfway around the world. <laughs> I took it somewhere because everyone out there drives Toyotas anyway. Yeah, exactly. Whereas in the UK, there are still some farms around that have um, defenders on them. So I went and took it to a farm and got um, gamekeepers and people to co- comment on it. And it was really interesting because you suddenly realise that people's use case for an old Defender is so different to what the new one mm. actually stands for and does. The new one's an adventure track. The old one, you know, there were some people, you know, some of the guys would say, "No, what we, what the reason that I need a flat flank next to the next to the bonnet is because I need to stand on it to bang posts in, and the reason it works really well is so I can throw feed in the back of it with that side opening door and stuff." So the new one's a very different beast, but it is super desirable mm. it i lo- absolutely adore that car so do i and capable yeah. is you know the defender was always the car that you could rock up anywhere and mm. do it but this one even more so because it drives really well and we ran one did crazy mm. amount of miles in it mm. fun to drive on road goes absolutely everywhere off road the, the way the electronics works blows the enthusiast mind where you're on yeah. road tires and then they're all stuck and they've just got their wellies on and they're pulling each other out and this just goes, hmm, let me just have a think about this for three seconds. Yeah, I'll pull myself out now because it just worked out the calculations <laughs> of the slip of the mud. And then yeah. it just gets itself yeah, out. It's incredible. And it's so, like going into an exam like with a calculator, isn't it? It's yeah. just like it's just like cheating. Yeah. Superb so spec on the uh, the shoot car, the car you got yeah, along yeah. to Brooklyn's. Mm. Uh, steel wheels, those those white steel wheels, 90 yeah, wheelbase and without the the square. Yeah, it was the it was the only car I can say safely that felt very much at home being parked at a forty five degree angle on some banking <laughs> yes. just opposite a five million well one million quid Bugatti. Yeah. yeah, it was it was the only car that was like, I'm quite happy about this. You can leave me here all day. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like I say, with coolant falling out of other cars and uh, and people, the, the y- photos of yeah, people trying the, to get out of cars on Brooklyn's famous banking. Is, have you felt how much a car door weighs when you park a car <laughs> yes. at forty five degree? It's like trying to stop something falling from space. <laughs> so yeah, that was the, the jeopardy that you don't consider. It wasn't on the risk assessment, was it? What if we just? What if someone gets crushed by a well, Fiesta's this is it. When door? we pulled the cars into the shot, we started by parking them from the bottom up, and we were, worked out that that meant that most of the time we were open, having to open the cars in doors into the next car down. Mm. So we then reverted for the second row and started putting them in from the top down. So when the door inevitably fell open, that you'd. Um, yeah, yeah, not smack it into the side of something valuable. Lovely. Twenty twenty one. There's some logistics. For yeah, you there. so um, <laughs> yeah. back to the hot hatches. Back to the hot yeah, hatches. Yeah. We love a hot hatch, but not a four. It's the most uh, recent hot hatch super mini to win car of the year was the Hyundai i twenty N. Yeah, first Korean car to win. Yeah, the i thirty never won, did it? When was that? Twenty seventeen. Mm. Around that, then, yeah, yeah, strong year. But um, yeah, mm. kind of funny as well. You know, in ninety three. If you'd have said a Hyundai Super Mini will be the top gear car of the year, you'd have been laughed off the banking. Mm. But um, the i20 ends a fabulous thing. It yeah, is. just pugnacious yeah. fun, real firecracker, cheap. Uh, yeah, yeah. 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 Beat a <laughs> 90 on um, car of the on uh, performance car of the year. Not no. in a straight line. Just, just <laughs> in general, we, we liked it more. It depends on the driver, <laughs> Jack, to be honest. But, um, <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. Right. <laughs> talent deficit. Um, no, great car. What I like, it didn't feel cheap. You got in. All those modes you got, mm, all the, the sort graphics. of graphics and stuff. And they made a difference. Yeah, often they can feel yeah. a bit sort of cheap, just throw some modes in. Mm. But this doesn't. It feels, oh, when you get in an M5, I, feel, I just feel overloaded by the, the options and the modes and stuff. Mm. With this, because you've only paid, what was it, 22? How much for one of these? 25 grand? 25, 25 yeah. 25 grand. It was And you're like, look, I've got modes and settings mm. and options and stuff. For that amount of money, suddenly mm. it felt like... 
more than you could hope yeah. for. Real world hero, and particularly now the Fiesta's gone off sale, it's it's the go-to small fast car. Yeah. And then rounding off with the most recent, and I guess you could say reigning car of the year, yeah. is the current Honda Civic Type R. Yeah, so yeah. one of um, a handful of cars that won it twice. So Focus RS. Yeah. Focus RS is and like Fiesta ST. Fiesta ST. And Civic Type R. So but hot hatches. Basically, hot hatches basically. it's so yeah. interesting. Hot hatch and you were in with a good shout. Genuinely, we don't think year. about these things when we're thinking of car of the year. We do just sit down and think which car do we like the most. But mm. um, it's interesting how these patterns emerge because hot yeah, hatches, yeah. they are that perfect distillation of usability and fun and affordability. Well, the new Civic Type R isn't that affordable. Well, this is no. where it's going to change <laughs> yeah, yeah. slightly because of the rise of electrification, but also hot hatches aren't cheap anymore which is no. a way that they work in our and they're favor. rare they're getting rare yeah, yeah. fewer brands are doing it it'd be interesting to see this defend its honor actually because um in a few weeks we're going off to shoot top gears speed week 2023 edition and the civic which was a bit too late to come along on last year is coming along as mm. part of this year's group so yeah, yeah to stick around to see on form it has to be a hot favorite well yeah but it's exactly. funny because there's been this this huge gap since we yeah. drove it and raved about it and then you sort of things move, move on in the car and then world. 10 months later Back it comes. Yeah. Yeah. So there Looking you go. That, that is a not so brief rundown of all 30 <laughs> cars of the year. It was um, a challenge to pull them together, but a very fun one. I'd just like to say a massive shout out and thank you uh, to all the owners, uh, to all the manufacturers who sent cars down on transporters with very confused drivers, and also to Brooklyn's museum. Um, if you've got a spare Saturday, pop down and have a look. They've got some pre-war banking you can go and have a look at. They run their Napier Railton uh, effectively a land speed record car on it with a 24 litre engine which is quite good fun once you breathe in the fumes a bit um, they've got <laughs> they've got a Concorde they've got a Concorde <laughs> yeah. which you can go and have a poke around on and they've got it's... fascinating people who have built aeroplanes and stuff you just go into the hangars there yeah go into the hangar and speak to the bloke who's literally changing the oil on a Hawker Hurricane yeah. that was crashed in Russia in 1942 and he's personally He's done it up. the whole thing. Yeah, it was just, this <laughs> yeah. was the whole thing. You know, we're there shooting it and people are fawning over the, the Bugatti or the 458 and then, you know, a chap came over and said, how many cylinders are in your Bugatti? Oh dear, is it only 16? Uh, because we've got a plane in there that's got, you know, 20. Uh, it was, it was just, it's just a real group of enthusiasts. It was mega and Brooklyn's is just a, a brilliant day out. A few of the team have already said when you next open for sort of family days because yeah. we're going to pop down. So I would highly recommend that along with, um, yeah, take along a copy of Top Gear magazine um, for the journey. Yeah. Uh, um, and and the other thing to add is after uh, after we've done the, the rundown of all the cars and we've pulled out, as I say, these interesting stories and groupings um, in the magazine, we then get uh, a load of Top Gear magazine writers, present and past, to rank their personal top three mm. from that list of 30 uh, along with a few words about why they made their decision always fascinating to get some some bylines from the past back in the magazine but just to have um, everyone's opinion in here I'm not going to give it away we deploy some top gear maths um, with the scoring system for, for for one two three I think the winner Oh, it's sounding a bit clickbaity now, isn't it? It is quite a surprising winner. I think it will. I think it will shock you. Um, 
the winner, but I'm not going to give it away. You're going to have to buy the magazine for that. Yeah, go and check it out, please, because a lot of hair turned grey setting this up. Yeah. <laughs> okay, should we wrap it up there? I think that's good, isn't it? That was good. That's a I'm, lot of cars. I mean, we've covered 30 years of cars there. I think our, 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 our work yeah, is done here. Go and have a drink and some birthday cake. Happy birthday, Top Gear magazine. Happy birthday, us. Thanks for listening. Catch you on the next one. Thank you.